Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 343 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you? I'm very well. It's been a crazy, crazy week in TV. So uh, I've been busy, but uh, we're back. We're going to be mm-hmm. talking about it all on the show this week. But before we get to that, what have you been up to? Two shows to mention, both surprisingly on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> uh, so I am five, I think now, of a show called uh, Shining Girls. Yes. Which has got uh, Elizabeth Moss as the main lead. A very interesting show. Very, very good show so far. But as the essential premise, is um, I can't remember Elizabeth Moss character I think it's Ruby her name she got stalked by this guy when she was younger the opening of the first episode is a flashback to that scene where he first comes across her yeah. at some point between then and then when we pick up with her later in her adult life was attacked by him she's working for this investigation agency kind of thing turns out that during also that time period and continuing when we also pick up in the show he's still attacking loads of women he's on like a spree of attacking all these right. all, all these different women in different types of ways so you've got that kind of going on and they pick up on a new case that's happened and she thinks at the time like it might be this guy and then comes across him a few times they have a few confrontations because the show kind of describes itself as like because of her attack in the past sometimes she sees things that aren't there right so it's got like a psychological angle to it Mm -hmm. and then when you get into later the episodes and this isn't really a spoiler because it's not explained yet some of the other characters seem to but only when they're with her it's it's very strange and interesting because I'm not always usually the biggest fan of like oh something happened but it didn't really happen or something's there but it's not really there yeah but as long as it's handled quite well and as long as kind of the characters are maybe like aware of it which when those things happen you as an audience can kind of tell that something's shifted or something's changed and so can she so at least you're with her experiencing it which is a better way to do that story i think another very very good show the guy who's say hunting all the, all these different women is quite a like compelling character to watch and very kind of like terrifying and stuff but that's because the, the actor's pretty good at doing his job elizabeth moss character basically goes on this detective case with this other guy as well he has a few confrontations with him as well it's very intense in certain scenes because you're sort of switching between scenes where she's investigating the case with the other detective when he is on his own investigating certain 
things. And then there's also other scenes where the stalker guy is stalking these these other women. And unless it's like a main character, you're not sure who he's going to kill or what he's going to do to these different women and stuff. So any sort of time we get a camera shot of a new woman on screen that like is a technically a red shirt type character. <laughs> yeah. And the camera pans over to him and he's in the same room and you can tell he's like been looking for this woman. You just start getting nervous straight away because some of these women he just sort of taunts and doesn't do anything to. And right. sometimes he just goes all out for them. So it's really this 50 50 thing of you could try and like read his character maybe, but it still makes it really, really intense and quite uh, worrying. But it's a, it's a really, really good show. Have you seen it pop up at all? I have seen on, it pop up. Thing? I haven't started it yet. When I finished watching Slow Horses, it popped up. I was thinking, oh, I might start that. And then I decided against it because I've got a couple of other things that I want to get through first. So mm-hmm. I, I am going to go and watch it because it did look quite good. But I wanted to just get some of the other stuff down off my playlist before uh, before I go yeah. and pick that up. See, what I'm trying to do now with Apple shows, because they release them weekly, when I notice that something new comes out, even if it's three episodes or two episodes or something, if I can catch the show early and not fall like episodes behind, mm-hmm. then I can just catch it weekly and it's much easier to do it that way yeah. as opposed to like five episodes, six episodes, and then it kind of like trails off. But anyway, I saw uh, Bex's husband on screen this week as well <laughs> in, in a new show she called... Wishes. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, it's Tom Hiddleston, of course, in a show called The Essex Serpent, which has got Claire Danes from Homeland as well. Good to see her in, in something else. Obviously, Homeland been off the air for a couple of years, but it's about this serpent that is killing people out in this river and that. There's two episodes that they launched with, because I've noticed they start to launch with three episodes and then put the rest out one yeah. by one, but it started with two. You've got, I think his name's Frank Delane, who played uh, Nick, was his name, from yes. Fear the Walking Dead. He is a doctor in this show, and he is, like, operating in London. He tries to do, like, heart surgery at, at some point. That's something that he sort of wants to, to do. This is a, a period piece, so you've got that going on as well. And then at some point, I don't think it's Tom Hiddleston's character, some other character mentions to Claire Danes' character about this Essex serpent, and she goes off and sort of investigates it. The first episode's a little bit slow. It's a little bit too long, actually. I think that's one of its issues. Mm. But it does end in a very interesting place, and the end of the episode kind of kicks things off right. a bit more. So it's more about getting to that point and then kind of going from there. We'll definitely continue watching it. I might watch the next episode later, but all three, Frank Delane, Tom Hiddleston, and Claire Danes, are uh, really good in this. Um, we'll see where it goes. Have you seen any of that at all? I haven't got to that one yet. I did know that was coming out. I Ooh. will try and get that. Very good cast. I mean, I really like Claire Danes. I really like Tom Hiddleston. That's another one that's on my list of things that I need to go and watch. I think the the sort of launching with two or three episodes, I think part of the reason they sometimes do it that way is, like you say, it takes sort of, this first episode seems to have taken a bit of time to get going. And I think sometimes they do that with two or three episodes because they know that the first episode doesn't really give you enough so mm-hmm. you sort of it's a, way to, it's a way to get a bit of momentum going yeah yeah and then I really like that release format and I know some people love it when you drop box sets and sometimes that works there is one show I've been watching this week which I'm really glad was dropped as a box set because I've been really enjoying just binging my way through it but I think mm-hmm. for some shows as well, it helps when they're dropped weekly. It's interesting, isn't it, the way it's worked? Because, you know, traditional old TV was, what, 23 episodes, week after week, mm-hmm. cliffhanger, cliffhanger every week, like a Lost would do or, or something like that. And then Netflix came along and was like, no, you can watch the whole thing in one go. And then the other streaming services decided to change. And then Hulu, I think Hulu was maybe the one that introduced this with like three episodes and then yeah. the rest of the season because they did that with like Handmaid's Tale and stuff. So I just prefer the weekly kind of check in once a week for different shows. Yeah. 
yeah. and stuff. So. I think the problem is there's so much TV around as well. Yeah. That if you, I mean, as, as we talked about on the, when we did that Netflix podcast, one of the problems of dropping box sets now, particularly with big shows, is that they get lost because people binge them over the weekend and you get some traction for people talking about it over right. that weekend and then nothing. And then people forget about it. Whereas if it's out weekly, you've got a much more sustained run at it. So mm. I, I think there is a benefit to actually the release format, particularly that Apple and people like Hulu are using, of dropping three episodes and then going weekly. I think that is actually a nice compromise between the two because it gets people into it and gets people talking about it. And then you get the weekly runs, so it's easier for viewers because they're not losing it in the mix every week. It becomes part of their scheduled viewing each week. So for me, it makes more sense to do it that way. It depends what the type of show is as well, but we know Paramount are going to be doing that with a mix of some things coming weekly and some things getting dropped as box sets as well. So Yeah, Amazon kind of do that. Yeah, and Amazon do that with some of their shows as well. They're they're bigger things they put out weekly, but some of their other stuff they'll drop as box sets. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's roughly what I've been up to. Uh, how about yourself? Well, they're all box sets, actually, I watched this week. But uh, I was over on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I finished 10%, which is the British version of the French show called My Agent. It is very much done with a sort of British twist to it. It does take some of the storylines from the French series initially, like the first episode, the first and second episode, the basic principles are are the sort of same and the overall story arc is similar. But it's from John Morton, who is the guy that did things like W1A and 2012 as well. So that gives you an idea of the type of humour that they're using. It is a very British type of humour they're bringing to it in the same way that I think Call My Agent was a very French type of humour. It takes a little while to get going. The essential premise of it is they're a talent agency. They're in London. Basically starts when one of the two senior founding members dies and it then becomes a sort of scramble as to how they manage the agency after that when this sort of massive key industry figure has suddenly disappeared and can they keep the agency going. Intermixed with this, as you go through it, the main story arcs for each of the episodes tend to involve a celebrity guest. So there have been people like Kelly McDonald in there, Helena Bonham Carter pops up, Olivia Williams, Dominic West, David Harewood. There's really fun cameos that pop up. And I mean, they're not really cameos, actually. They're just guest stars for that episode. So when they bring the name in, they tend to be the kind of client that they're dealing with, as well as everything else that's going on in the agency that they're trying to keep afloat at the same time. It takes a couple of episodes to kind of find its feet and introduce all the characters and set up where it's going. But once it does that, when you get to about the third episode, it really starts to pick up and get going and you kind of know who everybody is. You know where they're trying to go with it. It is very funny. It's it's very much that sort of W1A 2012 kind of humour to it. It's sort of a gentle, slightly cringy, you know, the sort of The Office humour where you're hiding behind your eyes going, no, don't do that. There's a little bit of that going on in there as well. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very well put together. Jack Davenport's wonderful as the ruthless agent that nothing ever quite goes his way, that's the son of the original founder that ends up sort of de facto head of the company. Maggie Steed is in there, who is the other older founder member, and she's 
brilliant. She plays a character called Stella, who has sort of been there, seen it all, done it all, has a lot of world experience of sort of being in the agency business and is outstanding in that role. She's just wonderful. There's some great, great characters in there. And the celebrities sort of sending up themselves are also quite fun. So overall, really, really enjoyed it. I hope they pick it up for another season. It's on Prime Video in the UK. Definitely worth watching, I think, with that one. Have you caught any of that? No, I'm not caught. I haven't been uh, on Amazon that much, actually, recently. Yeah. So Worth going to look at, but that's called 10%. It becomes a funny kind of issue when just clicking on the other streaming services to check what's on them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I, I go through periods like that. It was like, I suddenly realised I hadn't looked at, say, Netflix for a month. You know, right. it's like, oh, yeah. I should probably go and see what's new on there, you know. And now it'll get even worse when Paramount comes out, because it'll be another one to click on. Yes, so, absolutely. But, but at least with Paramount, when it launches, we'll kind of know, like, okay, Halo and Star Trek to sort of start off with. Yeah. So, so that was one show. The other thing I picked up, speaking of Hulu, was actually a Hulu series, although it's on Disney Plus over here, How I Met Your Father, which I know you've seen this as well, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Basically exactly what you expect it to be. It is a sort of spin-off kind of remake of How I Met Your Mother, although, I mean, it is technically a kind of continuation thing because it's set in the same universe as How I Met Your Mother. But it's an interesting one, watching that. I mean, it's exactly the same premise. It's a group of friends that are in Manhattan and you've got an older version of one of the lead characters who is played by Kim Cattrall, who is narrating to her son how she met their father. They've switched that from How I Met Your Mother because How I Met Your Mother, you saw the kids on the sofa and there was a sort of disembodied voice as the father. This switches the other way around so it's Kim Cattrall as the older mother on the sofa with the disembodied voice being the child so that was one change they made the characters are obviously completely different to the ones that are in the original there are certain archetypes of sort of you've got a hopeless romantic she's Hilary Duss character you've got like a guy called Tom Ainsley who's playing this sort of British aristocrat who sort of abandons everything for love and then things don't quite work out and sort of gives up his money and goes to New York. He's kind of, I think, trying to fill the sort of Barney role, but isn't doing it quite as successfully, mainly because he isn't Neil Patrick Harris. So there are sort of interesting characters in there. It's not quite there. I don't think, I don't think it's as funny of How I Met Your Mother. I think it has potential to get better. It's certainly very watchable. I mean, I'm kind of watching an episode or two a day and sticking it on while I'm eating. You know, it's that sort of show. They're like half an hour. It's an easy watch. It doesn't seem to have quite hit that extra level that it sort of needs to, to be at the level of something like How I Met Your Mother. But it's perfectly okay and watchable, I think would be, which isn't a shining review, but it's fine. I think that would be my kind of feeling on it. What about you? The one thing I'm glad that the show didn't do was just a simple okay, we're going to take all the personality traits of the previous characters, copy and paste them onto the new 
show and have deliberately a new Ted, a new Barney, a new Marshall and Lily and mm-hmm. a new Robin. They didn't do that. But the interesting way that they sort of can and can't do that is because you're switching from a male lead, you couldn't do the exact same thing there. The interesting thing with that, I looked at kind of Jesse, who's kind of the male lead of the show, yeah. sort of. He is a little bit like Ted. But yes, he is. if you were to talk about like basically swapping Robin and Ted around, but then if you look at, is it um, Ruby is, is her name, I think? Uh, uh, Sophie. If you look at her, she's not like the exact same as Robin. So what you haven't no. done there is switch them around. No. And there's sort of two couples in a way who got parts of Lily and Marshall, but not a direct sort of, it's only these two in kind of a relationship and they are Marshall and Lily. I was kind of looking at the, because like when the show started and seeing like what the characters are like, I don't think there is anybody really in the show quite like Barney, like the same no. sort of, you know, ladies man type of thing. No, um, you've, I mean, the setup you've got is you've got female lead rather than a male lead, yeah. which is Sophie. You've got Jesse, who is probably the most head-like out of them. You've then got Charlie, who is this sort of British aristocratic character who is is the sort of quirky Barney-esque one but isn't of... Mm-hmm. You know, isn't an exact copy, but that that's the sort of quirky kind of slightly out there one. You've got Valentina, who is the person that Charlie sort of leaves London to go to New York, who is the best friend of Sophie. You've got Sid, who is Jesse's best friend, who runs a bar. And you've got Ellen, who is the gay adopted sister of Jesse mm-hmm. as well. So, Ellen's actually my favourite character. Yeah, I do really like Ellen. She's really good. So those are the sort of main groups. So none of them, as you say, are exact like wasn't exactly kind of pick up and just copy the character archetypes Mm -hmm. there are certain styles like you say in there there is one that's a bit ted like there is one that is a little bit barney like but they're not exact copies yeah it's not copy it's not copy and paste and then switch the lead no, kind of thing. no. So. Which I think is good, you know. So the group dynamic is slightly different and there's more of them in there. It works as a sort of standard sitcom. I just don't think it's quite hit the level of How I Met Your Mother. But it does work. It's just not quite there yet. I'd be interested to see where they go for second season because it is coming back for a second season. So mm-hmm. I, I think it does yeah. have potential to build now the character's established. It took a few episodes as well. I mean, this was another one that I think a bit like 10% you're sort of introducing the characters I can't remember whether it's the end of the first or the end of the second episode I kind of it clicked and I went okay right now we're sort of into everybody's setup where yeah. everybody is and, and it kind of moves on from there so overall it's okay I think it needs to be better but I do have confidence that I think it could possibly get there as well so we'll mm-hmm. have to wait and see but it has been picked up for a second season I don't know what your thoughts were certainly I think the first season's a great setup for the second it's a good enough 10 episodes to where it does do that and kind of gets you gets you familiar with the characters and stuff I think to kind of just jump into a show with like what six seven completely new characters yeah and figure out like okay who's involved with who because you've got like brothers and sisters and you've got partners and all that sort of stuff so it takes those a few of those episodes to settle in especially with I think the uh, with, I think it's Charlie the British guy yeah but I think it's a good enough 10 episodes and as I mentioned before because we had so many of the, the other six comes 
and it's like Big Bang, How I Met Your Mother and you know, Two Broke Girls, all, all those sort of ones from the past. I was kind of looking for a new one of those and this yeah. kind of fit that bill quite nicely. Yeah, I, I think out of all the characters, Charlie, the British aristocrat, I, I don't know whether it's because we're British. I struggled with him more than any of the others. It's played mm. by a guy called Tom Ainsley and he came across as a little bit wooden and not kind of finding his feet in those first couple of episodes. That sort of settles yeah. by the third episode. He does Definitely. kind of get it, but it's a bit painful those first couple of episodes. I think he gets there, but I struggled really with him more than any of the others. Mm-hmm. He just really, really stands out and not in a good way in those opening couple of episodes. <laughs> so overall, I think, yes, it's worth watching. Don't expect it to be as good as How I Met Your Mother yet, but I think it has potential to get there, I do, possibly. Yeah. The other thing I watched, which I have actually completed and binged my way through the whole season because it is on Netflix, and of course they tend to drop their shows as box sets, mm-hmm. was The Lincoln Lawyer, which is from David E. Kelly, the man behind Big Sky, Big Little Lies. Historically, he did things like oh, that guy, right. Ali McBeal yeah. and Boston Legal, and he's got a whole bunch of things out there right now, and he's got some new things coming up as well. I mean, he's got like about five shows on air right now. The Lincoln Lawyer, based on the Michael Connolly novels, and it's actually based on the second Lincoln Lawyer book, not the first one, because the first one was made into a movie with Matthew McConaughey in the lead role. So I think much like they did with Alex Ryder, rather than go over the first book, which has already been made a film, they decided to start off with the second book, which is a sort of interesting in this particular case, because they really do drop you in to the storyline of the second book book. So in the first book, there is a case that happens and he has an accident at the end of it and he ends up having to recover from his injuries. And the second book starts with the lead character, it's a guy called Mickey Haller. He's not been working as a lawyer for a year because he got addicted to painkillers from his injuries from the first book. And they keep that mm-hmm. bit of the plot, actually. So it makes kind of an interesting opening because you've got this lawyer that effectively had a year out. The basic setup for the TV series is he's not really been working and he gets called into the sort of head judge's office and being told that a colleague of his who had his own practice has died or been murdered and he has left his practice to Mickey. So if he's prepared to take over it, he basically gets to take over all the cases and the law office and everything else. Follows reasonably faithfully, having read the outline for The Brass Verdict, which is the second book, it does kind of follow the plotline of that book. That's the sort of basic setup of it. He takes over this law office. One of the big cases that he has is for this rich software developer that builds video games who has been accused of killing his wife. And Hmm. it's this celebrity case. And given that this is Mickey's kind of first case back, he then gets kind of thrown into this. It's very much a kind of make or break situation for him because he's got to try and get up to speed because the trial is coming up very, very quickly. There are also some sort of more minor cases which are around that as well, which you also get to see. The personal life setup is quite interesting because you've got Mickey, who is the main lawyer, played by a guy called Manuel Garcia Ruffalo, who is not an actor I particularly know. I think he was in the From Dust Till Dawn series and 
he popped up in the Magnificent Seven as well, but I don't really know him as an actor. I'm a bit more familiar with some of the other people involved. Neve Campbell, who is an assistant DA who plays his first wife, Maggie. And then there's Becky Newton, who was actually in How I Met Your Mother, played Quinn, and she was also in Ugly Betty. And she played Lorna, who is his second wife, and she actually works directly in the office with Mickey. It was one of those things that was sort of a rebound marriage, and they both accept that that's what it was. So even though it's his second wife, they still get on very well, and she still works for it. The tech billionaire is played by Chris Gorman, who was also in Ugly Betty and has been in a million other things as well. You'll know his face. So it's got a really solid cast in there. It's one of those legal dramas that feels, although it's on Netflix, very much like a network show. It was originally pitched, I think, to Epics, and then it moved to CBS, and then CBS opted not to pick it up when the pandemic hit, and then Netflix took it instead. So Uh it's bounced around a bit, but it does feel very much like one of those kind of network shows. Could actually have been quite a good replacement for Bull. It's not episodic like Bull is, where it's a case every week. It's very much got a single overarching story, much like sort of Big Sky has one story with little things going on in between. Mm -hmm. It's, It's much more that sort of structure. But it is a really well written, solid legal drama. I really, really enjoyed it. I was binging through sort of episode to episode. Well acted, well written. There is one thing which is a sort of storyline involving Maggie, Neve Campbell's character, the first wife, which is a sort of secondary plot line that runs through, which feels a bit forced in there. And when I actually looked, I think that's actually a plot line from the first book, which they kind of wedged into the second book storyline. And you sort of feel that because it, it feels like it's a sort of additional thing that doesn't necessarily need to be there. They sort of managed to make it work and tie it together, but that would be my any criticism was that there's a lot of kind of different cases going on that are seemingly unconnected. They do pull it together, but it's it's slight overload at some points of like, wait, is this attached to that case or is this attached to that case? Or, you know, so there's some of that going on. But overall, though, I would say it is very solidly written and well put together. And certainly if you enjoy things like Big Sky, if you enjoy things like Bull, if you enjoy things like those network legal dramas, This is a very solidly well-written one of those. It's on Netflix, so who knows whether it'll get picked up for a second season, but... Mm, Depends if people find it. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the other problem. But I I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really quite good. And of course, Bosch is the other thing which uh, Michael Connelly is famous for, which is over on Amazon. In actual fact, in the books, the character of Mickey Haller is half-brother of Hieronymus Bosch, who is his other sort of big character. They're actually related, those two. That isn't the case in the TV series, obviously, because Bosch is a Amazon show and this is a Netflix mm-hmm. show. So that isn't happening on the TV series. They've actually replaced the Bosch character with sort of some generic cop character. It's a shame that they didn't manage to sell it to Amazon and tie those two things together, really. But on its own, it does work really, really well as a TV series. And I would definitely say it's worth going to watch that if you like those sort of legal dramas. I found it very, very bingeable. That's on Netflix right now, and it is called The Lincoln Lawyer. It's 10 episodes. They're about 40 to 50 minutes each. Very kind of watchable legal drama that worth going to check out. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Well, I say kick off pretty much the entire thing this week is renewals, cancellations, pickups and new shows, because last week was what we refer to as the TV bloodbath. It is the week before the upfronts, which is when they present all their new shows on the main five US networks to their advertisers, which means that there is one day usually when they cancel everything. And it was Thursday the 12th. They did it this year, presumably because the networks decided if they did it on Friday the 13th, that would be slightly (laughs) too on the nose. So uh, they did it on Thursday the 12th. And it was a complete bloodbath, particularly at one network. And we've never seen anything quite like this. This does happen every year and people are always a bit surprised when suddenly all this news drops. But they do do it pretty much every year. But the surprise came from which network actually did it this year because it was the CW who really took a hatchet to their schedules. And the CW traditionally have been a channel who have pretty much always renewed everything. And even if they've not renewed the show, they've given it a final season. The Mm. CW is up for sale right now because I think, as we mentioned before, it's owned by CBS and WB. And the network itself has never made any money. It's basically designed as a shop window to sell their shows to streaming services in the US and other places internationally. That's what they've used it for. The network itself has never actually made a profit. So... They don't really need it now, given that you've now got Paramount Plus and you've got HBO Max, which does that for them. So they've Mm -hmm. decided that they want to sell the network off to somebody else. They were going to keep a minority share is the idea. So they'd still supply it shows, but they wouldn't actually have a major stake in the actual network itself. They were selling it to somebody else. The result of this was a massacre. They cancelled half the shows on the network. It was absolutely insane. They'd cancelled Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow back in April, and we knew they'd cancelled those. One additional factor to the cancellation of those that come out more recently is the fact that they no longer actually had anywhere to shoot them. There was a studio that they were renting in Vancouver, which is where they shot all the Arrowverse shows, most of the Arrowverse shows, and the lease was up. And the people that owned the studio were asking for them to renew the lease for an extended period of time. And understandably, WB were a bit kind of, we're not sure we whether we want to do that because we don't know how long these shows are going to actually be around for because they're kind of on the bubble. So I'm not saying that's the only factor that they got cancelled, but that seems to be one of the additional factors was the fact that the place where the, they were shooting Legends and Batwoman didn't exist anymore because they decided not to renew the lease on the studio to save themselves some money. So there's that. And, you know, numbers particularly for Batwoman hadn't been great, uh, but I think you probably would have got final seasons certainly for Legends had they renewed the lease, but they didn't. Mm. So It makes me think like, if you go back to not the season that just came out, which I think was seven, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. If you go to 
season six, and this the season six was where I dropped out, not because I thought the show was like bad, but I kind of just made peace with it. Literally, if you go back to the end of season six and you cut off the last five seconds of that episode, that works as yeah. a perfectly good series finale. It because does. Because everything is wrapped up. Every, all, all the characters are in like settled places because you either kill a character or you set up them to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they did that little mini five second cliffhanger. But if you'd have cut that off and not actually done a season seven, it would have been pretty good. No, I have no, I have no idea what happens in, in season seven because I, I didn't watch any of it. But that was kind of my Legends ending, which, yeah. which worked pretty well. Yeah, so. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It did. It felt very much like that could have been a final. And then they put a little five second additional thing which sets up the next season I mean I am watching the next season annoyingly they didn't do it that way with this season it sounds like this season completely ends on a cliffhanger which is a real shame I'm very sorry that they haven't particularly with Legends that they haven't given that a final send off because I think it really really deserved it those characters may pop up in some of the other Arrowverse shows they have said although there's not that many of those Arrowverse shows left at this point same with Batwoman they have said that that character could pop up somewhere else but given the shows that they've cancelled and renewed and the ones that are picked up I think that's possibly done as well so that was all done at the end of April Mm. then the 12th of May came around and uh, Julie Pleck who is the person that created the Vampire Diaries franchise for the CW came up with a good description described it as CW's Red Wedding because it really felt like that so they went and cancelled Naomi after one season which is one of the other DC shows uh, Charmed after four seasons Roswell, New Mexico after four seasons. The remake of the 4400, which is cancelled after one season. Dynasty after five seasons. In the Dark, which was another one of the dramas that never aired here, that's after four seasons. And Julie Plex's own series, Legacies, cancelled after four seasons, which brings the Vampire Diaries universe to an end after 13 seasons across three shows on the CW. That's nine series in total, nearly half of all the dramas on the network. I think there's 11 that they brought back. So... Mm -hmm. They basically went from the most passive network to the most bloodthirsty in one night. Um, yeah. Just yeah. crazy. be interesting to see what happens to this network after they're sold or who they get sold to and that sort of thing. I think it does make sense for Warner Brothers because they have HBO Max anyway, which is where you can make arguably better content and stuff. Yeah, and I, I think part of that with the DC stuff is not only the fact that they're trying to streamline the DC stuff, it is also the contractual side of things in that they didn't want DC shows which they could only air on the CW I think they want DC shows which could go to the CW and HBO Max and because of certainly some of the older shows there seems to be some contractual stuff with this where they kind of went through and canned a bunch of things which they didn't think would transfer so it's a real shame I mean I thought Roswell New Mexico was great I really enjoyed that show wasn't a huge fan of the Charmed reboot but I know it has people that liked it out there I sort of casually liked it yeah I don't think the fourth season has started over on it. Obviously, it's E4. So. Yeah, it's E4. <laughs> uh, and I think Roswell, New Mexico, we're, we're still waiting for season three. The fourth season hasn't aired either side, I don't think, mm. yet. But yeah. Um, yeah, we're still waiting for season three, I think, over here. 4400 never aired. Dynasty was on Netflix internationally. In the Dark never aired. Legacy surprisingly never aired over here. And Naomi hadn't aired over here either. So out of the overall stuff, there was a few things that we lost in terms of Batwoman, Legends, Roswell, Charmed and Dynasty. 
It's a shame that they decided to go down that route, particularly for those longer legacy shows like Legends and Roswell and Charmed, to just cut them off. Mm. It seems really S- specifically harsh. with like Legends, I mean, you've got a character who was in the first season of Arrow. Yeah, uh, with, with Sarah, like that goes all the way back. Yeah, um, to that point. So. I suppose the good thing with the Arrowverse is even when you end like a Black Lightning or a Supergirl or something, you can still slot those characters having appearances because you had like um, Diggle made appearances on most of the yeah. shows. If you wanted to, that, that doesn't mean like we'll never ever see Sarah again um, yeah. or Ava or any of those characters, but they could show up on like Flash episodes or something like that. It's just that they've pared the Arrowverse down so much that it's starting to die off a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, we are really seeing the death of that Arrowverse. I think you may have Sarah particularly show up on Flash. That would seem... Yeah, because she's like a legacy character. Yeah, some of the others may show up. You may have Batwoman possibly make an appearance over there. Yeah, she was in that Armageddon thing, I think. Yes. You may see some of these characters kind of get a send-off within some of the other shows. I mean, Superman and Lois seems very separate at this point. Mm -hmm. um, So Flash seems like the most obvious place to put them. And maybe they'll do some sort of team up in the next season of Flash possibly that would make sense it would be very funny to see the legends show up and make jokes about the fact that they've been cancelled that would be uh, right yeah, you know, they've made they, jokes about the crossovers not being included sometimes yeah they've made jokes about oh man did you get pulled into a crossover you know so they have made jokes about mm. that on the show before so we'll see but um, yeah. yeah that's the state of play at the CW they have picked some other stuff up and they did actually renew some things as well so we'll get to those in a minute. So moving from the CW onto NBC, they have taken a slightly less bloody approach. They were perfectly balanced, taking lessons from Thanos. They uh, <laughs> renewed three shows and cancelled three shows. So the three that have gone are Mr. Mayor, which is the comedy stars Ted Danson. It's from the team behind 30 Rock, a drama called Endgame and a sitcom starring Keenan Thompson called Keenan. Only Mr. Mayor actually aired over here. So we didn't really lose a lot out of that one. I am sad to see Mr. Mayor go. We have got a second Mm. season to come in the UK yet, but uh, I am quite sad that that hasn't actually continued because that was quite funny and was very much in that 30 rock vein of being silly workplace comedy you know mm. it is a real yeah. shame that that's not got picked up I don't know whether you caught any of that no I know it was a Ted Danson show that's what we did after The Good Place um, yeah. but no I never got around to watching it unfortunately that's not going to be coming back they have had another couple of cancellations as well which they announced earlier in the year Ordinary Joe which was James Walks the guy that was in that ridiculously silly zoo. Oh, he was I the sure lead. Liked, yeah. Yes, which was wonderfully bonkers. He was the lead in Ordinary Joe, and that's got canned after one season. And New Amsterdam, they announced earlier in the year, would be ending with its upcoming fifth season as well. So they've got five shows in right. total that are going, but only three they announced recently. We knew about the other two already. Over on CBS, we did fairly well at avoiding major cancellations there, although there was one which really upset people. And, you know, there's always one show that comes out every time we do this. There's one show that sits on top of everything else of like right. people ranting <laughs> about why is that cancelled? It shouldn't be. Magnum PI. And they've got a right to be upset about Magnum PI cancelled. It's not one that I really watched. I watched a few of the earlier episodes, but then kind of dropped off it because I was like, I don't have time to dedicate to another 
the procedural. Right, yeah. But it wasn't a bad show. It was quite fun, very much in the vein of Hawaii Five-0 and all those other kind of Hawaii-based CBS procedurals. It was you know lighter mm-hmm. and quite good fun. The problem was that that show is made by NBC Universal. It's not made by CBS. And the pair of them couldn't come to an agreement over the license fee for it this year. Because oh. its numbers weren't bad. And only a couple of weeks ago, the showrunner of it was sort of saying, yeah, I think we're looking good for renewal. You know, our numbers are decent. We should be fine. And yeah, then this happened. Uh, I mean, to be fair to CBS, when it comes to the renewals, they had just handed out a large bag of cash to NBC Universal for a few other shows. And they, for whatever reason, decided that they didn't want to fork out this time around. So they couldn't come to an agreement for it. And it's fallen by the wayside. Whether NBC would attempt to pick it up if there's enough fan outcry themselves, I don't know. Or whether that would get them back to the table, I I don't know. But it seems like it's probably gone, unfortunately. It's always a danger when shows are made by an outside studio rather than made internally. The numbers have to be better. And if they can't come to a deal on the licensing fee, I mean, that's the frustrating thing with this. It wasn't like the numbers were in the toilet and they were asking a stupid license fee. The numbers were actually pretty good. I mean, there wasn't like top rated drama on the network or anything, but mm-hmm. it was solid middle, upper middle table. Real shame to lose it in those circumstances. How many seasons did it get? Five, I think. I think it was four or five. Oh, quite a few then. Yeah, it got four or five, I think. So it had done reasonably well. But, you know, Hawaii 5 which is the closest thing that is in that type of genre, went to 10 seasons, I think. So it's a real shame that one's gone. They also cancelled a medical drama called Good Sam, which starred Sophia Bush and Jason Isaacs. That's gone after one season. There was a comedy. Comedy's really hit hard on uh, NBC because how we roll which i think was a comedy about bowling which i'd never really heard of that's gone um be positive which was the lead guy from Silicon Valley. And uh, that's gone, I think, after two seasons. And United States of Al, which was another one which didn't make it over here, that's gone after two or three seasons. So, Mm. yeah, only Magnum really gone from that. Uh, And Bull as well, which they announced was ending after its sixth season, but they announced that a few weeks ago. That is going too. Out of those four, so Good Sam to United States of Al, I'd briefly heard of Be Positive, but the other three I don't think I had actually heard before I was aware of Good Sam because I'd spotted it because it had Jason Isaacs in it and uh, that looked like okay. it could be quite a yeah. fun sort of medical drama Be Positive and United States of Al I was aware of but I haven't seen any of any of them because they've not aired here some of those may pop up buried in the 8,000 hours of content that we're getting from Paramount Plus but we'll see it's possible that they'll be buried away as sort of box sets in there maybe I mean it's mm. a way of filling out the catalogue but Magnum looks like it is probably gone for good but if there's enough fan outcry maybe I mean it would be quite a good one yeah, for Peacock can happen. you know knock it down from 10 episodes and shove it on Peacock maybe you mm, know yeah. there's that but we'll see whether that manages to turn itself around but I suspect it's probably gone for good over on ABC, it feels like ABC had a bit of a brain swap with the CW because <laughs> ABC are usually pretty harsh. I mean, we've usually ended up describing it as Disney's murder mouse because it is like really quite bloodthirsty most of the time. This year, really quite fluffy. They cancelled two shows. One of them was Queens, which we mentioned last week when Grey was on because that was the show Grey had seen and said he wasn't surprised it had been cancelled because it really lost its way. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. 
there's a Latino soap as well called Promise Land, which has also gone. Both of them were really low in the ratings, so neither of those cancellations mm-hmm. are particularly surprised. But from that point of view, not an unreasonable set of cancellations from that, and those are the only two they came out with. So mm-hmm. yeah, fairly light over at ABC. Fox also reasonably light, but then they don't actually have that many shows to cancel. They cancelled the comedy called Pivoting, which I believe had one of the leads from Once Upon a Time, uh, Gina Goodwin, I think it is, one of the leads in that. So that was a comedy series. And there was a drama called Our Kind of People, both of which are gone. There was also The Big Leap, which that did air over here because they put that on Disney Plus over here, but that was canned after one season. That was a sort of ballet drama comedy thing. They'd announced earlier in the year that that was going. So they've got three shows in total. So out of all the cancellations, ABC actually were the lightest. And the CW, randomly this year, were the uh, proper sort of winners of the uh, blood sport this year. So, yeah. yeah, there were a few shows cancelled outside of the Big Five this week. Marvel's Modoc cancelled after one season, which I don't think is a huge surprise to anybody. Did you watch that? I watched about half of it and then kind of dropped off it. And it was sort of funny, but... Yeah, I think I watched two episodes, maybe. And then I was like, no, I just I don't want this anymore. So. Yeah, I, I watched yeah. three or four, I think. And then, I don't know, I just dropped away from it. That's canned after one season. Uh, the one that did hurt out of this, Dollface has gone yeah. after two seasons. I'm really, really ashamed that they've uh, not picked that up again, but that was a Hulu show which runs on uh, Disney Plus over here, but that's gone after two seasons. Yeah, that was like Kat Dennings and Shay Mitchell, and I never actually did start season two. I'm wondering if I actually should, but it was a very good first season, kind of like creative idea and all that. You've got like this cat woman type person yes. in there, So I, and I, Kat Dennings is great in like everything she's been in pretty much. Yeah, so. it, it's a wonderful, wonderful vehicle. It does slide lose its premise of it in the second season because it becomes the first season is all about a woman that is trying to reconnect with her friends because she basically abandoned them all for a relationship which is now ended. Right. Yeah. Uh, the second season kind of has got past that so it's now just about the group of friends but the group of friends are a really entertaining bunch of characters yeah. and yeah. it's about this group of kind of 30 somethings trying to get through life and uh, it has this wonderful like you say surreal twist of this kind of cat lady in there that actually as a sort of advisor to her but it's a real shame that they've decided not to bring that back because I really did enjoy that show I thought it was very funny Um, I'm about halfway through the second season I haven't quite finished it yet because other things have got in the way but I will go back and finish the rest of it how many episodes does it have is it like 10 or something I think it's 10 for each season for that but yeah one worth watching and it is on Disney Plus in the UK the other thing they mentioned was Jack Ryan which is the Prime Video series they said it's going to end on season 4 which is still a way off because we haven't had season 3 yet so so it's been oh, no, we haven't, have we? No. no, we've got season three coming later this year. Then we've got a fourth season next year. Then they're planning a spin-off, which apparently is going to star Michael Peña, who is going to be playing a character called Domingo Ding Chavez, which if you know the books and the other things relating to that whole universe, that is quite a big character from that, because I think he was in the Rainbow Six stuff as well. That character is going to show up, I think, towards the end of season three, and then he'll be a series regular in season four and then they will carry it on with him as the lead presumably because john krasinski's got too busy doing other things i guess yeah he got busy fighting monsters while trying to be very quiet yes 
There is yeah. that. So, yeah. I, no great surprise that that's only running for four seasons because, you know, John Krasinski's got a lot going on. But they've given fair warning that that is going to come to end and they're ending it how they want to. And there's a potentially, a, the, the spin off isn't guaranteed. They're only talking about that at the moment. But mm-hmm. they are, fair looks enough, like, yeah. it's setting it up for it. So, that's good news. There's a lot of potential with the whole um, Clancy like saga of books and stuff because yeah. you've got like Splinter Cell and all that kind of stuff. And those games used to be good but they're now aren't as good because they're made by Ubisoft so <laughs> yes <laughs> and we haven't had a Splinter Cell game in nine years so yeah it's, it's no. been a bit absent in terms of like TV and film there's a good potential that you could do some some great stuff with that yeah and it is a kind of whole interconnected universe you know the character of so Ding and the character of Jack Ryden have crossed over in the books and they're going to do in the TV show and you can mix in other people as well I mean if you've got the whole kind of Clancyverse thing going on mm-hmm. so uh, there's other places they could go with that but you know they've given fair warning about the potentially that coming to an end so that's fine so those are the, all the cancellation stuff onto the renewals CW as I said whilst they did chop half the shows of the network they had already renewed a bunch of things back in February All American The Flash Superman and Lois Riverdale randomly which was the one that people were going how have they cancelled all these shows and Riverdale has survived <laughs> you know somebody making jokes about they're saving money so they can send the cast of Riverdale to space Walker Kung Fu Nancy Drew and the one that they added this week was All American Homecoming which is the obviously the spin-off from the All American series as well so that's landed a second season there are a couple of shows left over uh, particularly Stargirl and Tom Swift what's Tom Swift it's a spin-off from Nancy Nancy Drew, apparently. Oh, okay. I don't watch that. So, I'll well, yeah, that's, that's, don't know who that is. No, yeah. that's not aired over here. The reason that right. you won't know that one uh, is because I don't think it started airing yet. And Stargirl, the new season of that, hasn't started airing yet. So, we weren't expecting renewals or cancellations for either of those two at the moment. But hopefully, Stargirl survives. I don't really care one way or another about the Tom Swift series because we don't know Nancy <laughs> Drew either. So, uh, but yeah, yeah right. I mean, yeah. Stargirl's been a fun series. So, hopefully, that survives. But we'll have to wait and see. We should have a look by the way, Alex Myers' newest Riverdale video. It, it's funny. It's just funny at this point. So Yes. Uh, I mean, the Riverdale really seems to have gone off the rails. The amount of people that I've said, I stopped watching that after season two or season three because it got weird. Yeah, you've missed a whole saga of funny weirdness. It's, it's no longer sort of like this show's horrible. It's just kind of, this is just really weird and funny. That, yeah. That's kind of the point it's got to. So. Yes. How on earth Riverdale is surviving at this point, I don't know. But anyway, moving on from the CW to NBC, as I mentioned earlier, they had renewed three shows this week. Young Rock, back for a third season, because let's be honest, who wants to be the exec that's got to tell <laughs> The Rock that he's not going to another <laughs> season of a show? Exactly. American Auto, which is a comedy, I think that's back for a second season, and Grand Crew, which is another comedy that's back for a second season. Neither of those have aired over here so Young Rock back out of that you watched that didn't you yeah Young Rock's actually really funny because it's the rock taking himself not very seriously the entire premise of it is him being interviewed about potentially becoming president so that bit's set in the future and him telling stories about his childhood which you then see and then there's three people Mm. that play various ages of him as a child it's really well cast and really well put together it's very very funny so I'm glad that's back for a third season Second season's coming up, I think, later next month in the UK for that. They have previously renewed 
all the Law and Orders. So that's the main Law and Order, SVU and Organised Crime. They're back for season 22, 24 and wow. 3. Yes. Longest running procedurals on TV ever, I think, at this point. All three of the Chicago's are also renewed. The Blacklist has been renewed for a 10th season. So that's coming back. And La Brea, which I'm really annoyed they haven't put on over here yet because that's the wonderful, bizarre thing about sinkhole leading to a primitive world that opens up in the centre <laughs> oh, of Los Angeles that is that right. one. Um, and, uh, I completely forgot about that show. That's renewed yeah. for a second season. So I'm hoping now they've renewed that for a second season that somebody might pick that up in the UK. I mean, why Sky haven't run it yet, I don't know. But uh, mm. yeah, hopefully that turns up. So all those will be back. I mean, it's no great surprise that the Law and Orders and the Chicago's have been renewed. I think maybe a little bit of surprise that the Blacklist got picked up again because it's... Uh, how's that kind of going nine seasons in? Because um, you, you watch that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I've only seen the first episode of the ninth season and of course they had a major cast change in the ninth season because one of the leads left. That, I think, probably helped it because it's shaken up the format a bit because they couldn't do okay. exactly what they were doing before. Opening episode I enjoyed. We'll see where it goes for the rest of the season. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, ten seasons in, even if it doesn't come back for an 11th that's still a pretty solid run for it nice moving back over to cbs they were handing out double renewals these Mm. are the bags of cash that they were handing over to nbc because the fbi franchise is an nbc universal show and they renewed fbi fbi most wanted and fbi international all for double seasons so they've got two new seasons coming back they also renewed the equalizer for two more seasons so it's on season two at the moment they renewed that up to season four that's also an nbc Universal show. So they had given an awful lot of money to NBC at that point. All that stuff is coming back and they've got double seasons. Single season renewals for NCIS, NCIS LA and NCIS Hawaii. So they're all returning. The CSI Vegas series is back for a second season, which originally was planned as a sort of one-off celebration of the CSI franchise, like 20 years of the CSI franchise or something. Mm -hmm. And now it's turned into an actual series. So that is returning. Not got Grisham and the other female lead whose name escapes me but they're they're not coming back for the second season which is no surprise they were only signed on for one but I think the idea is they can pull other CSI people in as a sort of ongoing thing have a main team which they introduced in the first season who are a bunch of new people and then they'll drop in other CSI people along the way I think that's probably the idea for the uh, second season SWAT is renewed for a sixth season Blue Blood's renewed for for a 13th season. The Neighbourhood back for a fifth season. The US version of Ghosts got a second season. That appears to be going down very, very well over there. Bob Hart's a showler. That's back for a fourth season. And Young Sheldon was already picked up for a multi-season renewal last year, and that's taking it up to season seven. They've got lots of things coming back. Technically, they have two leftover shows, one being Clarice and one being Blood and Treasure. Blood and Treasure has had season two shot for about... 18 months now and they've still not aired it so um, that I think is unlikely to come back for a third season Clarice is basically dead they've not officially cancelled it but it was kind of stuck in limbo because they wanted to move it over onto Peacock and it's made by an outside studio and the outside studio didn't like the new finance deal for moving it to Peacock and then Uh CBS didn't cancel it so it's not one thing or another at the moment but it is basically dead at this point 
And ABC also had an awful lot of renewals because they basically renewed everything, pretty much apart from those couple of shows that we mentioned earlier, those three that they cancelled. The Rookie back for season five, Million Little Things back for season five, Big Sky back for season three. We've added Jensen Eccles in the uh, third season from Supernatural, so that draw the Supernatural fans in. Home Economics returning for season three, Wonder Years for season two, Abbott Elementary for season two, Goldbergs for season 10, Good Doctor for season six, Grey's Anatomy for season 19, and Station 19 for season six. So all their big shows back, basically, and a couple of freshman shows getting picked up as well, which is good. They had nothing left over. That's everything on ABC for renewal this time around. So I'm very happy to see the rookie back. I might give Big Sky another try and see if I can get back into it. I haven't watched the Wonder Years. I don't watch the Goldbergs. I kind of dropped off the Good Doctor. I've got a bit of catching up to do on that, but that's been quite good. Don't watch Station 19 or Grey's Anatomy. I've got like one episode still sitting there for uh, Big Sky. I don't know if it's uh, the, the mid-season finale or what episode it's for. I think it's like episode 9 or 8 of, of uh, season 2. But it started getting a bit like distracted. It was still doing its main plotline, but it was adding in these other things. Mm. But like you had mentioned with the second half of season 1, when they added the ranch storyline in, that actually fit in quite well by the end of that. It wrapped up pretty well with that and it sort of made sense as to why it was included. But they've got like multiple other things going on in the second season and you still have the main attention on the main plot line, but it just sort of gets a bit of a lack of structure. Kind of sitting there thinking like, I've got a couple of episodes left here and I kind of looking at it and thinking like, I wonder if this show will get cancelled. So I sort of left the episodes, uh, but now that it's been renewed and obviously you've got Jensen added, I'll try to catch that uh, other episode. I think there's still another half a season to drop for that. I think so, yeah, for, for, for second half of season for, two. For second yeah. half of season two, which for some reason Disney seemed to be taking their time dropping that on there. They did that with season one. They took yeah. a, like, a bit of a break and then waited for some episodes I know it to had come a, out or something. I know it had a break in the US, but I think they're way, way ahead at this point. So I don't know why they're taking so long to drop the second half of season two, but they are. And then it will be back for a third season with added Jensen Eccles, as I mentioned. That's quite cool. Over on Fox, they have renewed most of their animated fare. So uh, Bob's Burgers is back. Great North for season three. Simpsons, the show that will Never Die is renewed up to, up to season 34 already because that had a multi-season renewal last year or the year before. Yeah. Uh, Family Guy and American Dad both renewed up to season 21 because they were multi-season renewals, I think, last year or the year before. The Cleaning Lady, which was the new show, that has been renewed for a second season so that is be back and then just today they've announced 911 Lone Star returning for season 4 Call Me Cat which is the US version of Miranda which is Miami Bialik series oh, that's, right. that's on its third season that's back for and Welcome to Flatch which is a US version of this country that's been given a second season as well so two of those are remakes of UK series mm. two big things the main 911 show and The Resident have also been renewed for new seasons as well don't watch the simpsons uh you can just stick the simpsons on whenever really it's not a show you need to be caught up with i suppose uh i think i'm on season 28 or something like that right family guy i fell off of ages ago it's funny because a while ago I fell off of Simpsons slightly and then went to Family Guy and then fell off of Family Guy and went back to Simpsons. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I fell off Family Guy. I haven't been on The Simpsons in a while, but I fell off Family Guy a while back and I have actually recently gone back to it. It's kind of a nice, easy thing to stick on while you're eating. You know, I found that. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. been working my way through some of the past seasons, which I missed. I just think Simpsons is better. So <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> still watch the 911 shows. I still got to get caught up with the airing of the main 
911 show. But no, no none of those others I, I watch. Call Me Cat, Welcome to Flatch, haven't aired over here. All the others do. I mean, we actually get quite a lot of that Fox content just because some mm. of it's on Disney+, Plus, some of it's been picked up by networks. So I'm surprised The Cleaning Lady hasn't been picked up yet because that seems to have been going down well. What's that about again? It's a load of young who was in the Daredevil series played Electra, and she witnesses a murder and she's a sort of an undocumented immigrant witnesses a murder but he's sort of working as a crime scene cleaner and then sort of there's some sort of double life thing that happens in there so she kind of mm. gets involved in it but um it looked like it could be quite good but i'm interested in that it's just a shame nobody's picked it up over here i was gonna say what is it on but you just answered that question yeah nobody's nobody's actually picked it up over here which is a shame that's been renewed for a second season so we'll see whether that spurs anybody into sort of life of picking it up yet nice. um there were some other renewals this week particularly from the bbc they announced a bunch of comedy renewals before we get to that uh, upload renewed for a third season over on prime video that's the greg daniels series starring robbie and mel i'm very happy that's back really enjoyed that and you really enjoyed that so yeah talked about it on my last uh key town appearance yes uh, caught up with that really really good show yeah i'm yeah. glad to see that's uh, coming back as well bbc announced a, a bunch of kind of returning shows actually detectorists which ended ooh, five years ago or something, but they're bringing that back for a one-off 75-minute special. That's returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Education, which was the Jack Whitehall comedy where he played a teacher, that's apparently getting a 10-year anniversary special, and uh, he's also coming back for a fourth season. That's been off for a number of years, so uh, that's been picked up to come back again for a full season as well as a special. I think on social media he said the new season is a reboot. Right, okay. I think that's what he said, because I saw a big social media post from him um i really really loved that show it ended quite well from what i remember so i was a bit nervous to hear that it was back but given that i am pretty sure he said it was going to be a reboot that makes more sense i think yes so. I, th- I think the description said something about a couple of the kids that were students in the original series are back as teachers mm-hmm. so i don't know whether maybe jack whitehall's not in it for that or maybe he is and they're coming so I don't know but yeah yeah. yeah. that's the fourth season and the anniversary special of that The Cleaner which was the Greg Davis series that's been picked up for a second season I still haven't got through all the episodes of that but I did really enjoy what I saw of that that's the one where he's a crime scene cleaner and weeks some really strange characters and there's like a celebrity guest every week who was playing the person involved in the sort of crime scene Uh, that was quite good fun I'm glad they picked that back up again but that's coming back for a second season Jerk, which was a comedy, I think, on BBC Three, that's been renewed for a third season. And Guilty, which was a BBC Two comedy, that's back for a third and final season, they've said as well. The other bit of news which dropped today was Black Mirror, apparently, is coming back for a sixth season after being off air for three years. Finally, (laughs) yeah. So that is back. There is a reason it has been off air. Basically, Charlie Brooker and his writing partner, they left the company that they were at to set up their own business, but the rights to Black Mirror stayed with the company that they left. And given that the entire show is basically from his rather warped and twisted mind, Uh unless they could come to an agreement over it, they couldn't really do it together and I also think he wanted a bit of time off himself from doing it so it's kind of been in limbo for a little bit and they finally got together with Netflix and Charlie and the people that own the rights to it and they've all kind of worked out some sort of deal to bring it back so it looks like that's going to be returning for a sixth season which is 
good news. Some other little bits of pickups and other news as well. The Orville New Horizons has a premiere date. It's 2nd of June and it's going to be day and date with the US. So it's going to be 2nd of June on Hulu and 2nd of June on Disney in the UK as well, which is awesome news. That's the third season of the Orville coming back we'll see whether that ends up being the final season because there was some rumors of that that might be the end for it because he's got a bunch of other things going on seth uh, mcfarland mm-hmm. that's doing. taking a long time as well yeah that, and it, it, that that, because it got hit by the pandemic and then it was scheduling yeah. issues and they've had to be really careful because obviously there's a lot of prosthetic makeup in that and that's a problem if you've got to be like close contact in the middle of a pandemic so right, right. They, they had a lot of issues shooting that we'll see whether it comes back again i hope it does because it was really really good but we'll see hacks season two has got premiere date as well that that's been around much quicker than it was last time. So Friday, the 10th of June on Prime Video, that returned the first season of that was brilliant. I'm really, really looking forward to that coming back because I loved the first season. She-Hulk, that has now Yay. been given a premiere date. Randomly, it wasn't particularly announced. It just randomly turned up in a sort of news post on the Disney press website. And I don't know whether somebody was not supposed to put the date on it, but they did so 17th of august that is landing apparently for that which is wednesday so that makes sense but uh, that's Mm -hmm. the she hulk series which is described as a comedy and it's sort of a legal comedy with the wonderful tatiana miss laney taking the lead role as she hulk so uh, i i'm very much looking forward to that i think it should be wildly entertaining you've got a few really good people in that i think tim roth is back yes you've got uh uh, hulk is also in it as well yeah and uh i can't remember her character's Uh, name Jamila Jamal yeah, from Jamila Good Places Jamal. in that as well yeah so um, some really good cast so yeah probably what they're going to do obviously Doctor Strange is out now I'm guessing run Miss Marvel into this and then play this afterwards looks like it's going to be that so mm. lots of Miss Marvel's June I think so yes Miss Marvel's June so it looks like they're sort of going to be running back to back pretty much which is mm-hmm. great 911 Lone Star as we mentioned earlier uh, has been renewed for a full season the third season still hasn't aired over here a lot of people People are asking, where's the third season? Because they're running the main show. I went about and checked this with Sky and Disney, and it turns out that Sky don't have the rights to the third season. It's going to premiere directly on Disney+, Plus, which probably means that the main 911, when the contract with Sky comes up, is going to get moved as well. So mm-hmm, they're reclaiming their shows. As long as they don't leave them too long to come from the US. I mean, you know... Right. There isn't a big delay, although, I mean, Sky put a delay in as well. So, you know, mm. but uh, yeah, 911 Lone Star is going to be premiering on Disney Plus rather than Sky. We don't have a date. They've just said it's coming soon, but we don't have a date for it yet. I think the problem is that they've got to wait until the second season rights drop off Sky because they've only got season one up there at the moment. So they've got to wait until they get the second season and then they put the third season on as well. I think that's probably the plan, but it's likely, I think somebody did some calculations and reckoned it's probably going to be June, maybe, possibly July, (laughs) but we'll see. Uh, Yeah, yeah, just because there's not enough on in June. No, there's there's no other months in the year, apparently. Apparently the year ends in June or something. Yes, I don't know whether it's the end of the world or something, but yes. But no, moving over to Disney makes sense. I think they've got the archives of some of the previous seasons of those shows. I think I've seen it floating around with Disney. They've got the archive of the main show, and as I say, they've got the first season 
season of Lone Star up there. It's just they hadn't got the rights to the second season because they were still with Sky. So I think those have got to run out before they'll be able to put the third season on because they're not going to want to stick the, just the first and the third season on. They're going to want first, second, and third. Yeah, they did yeah. the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They had to wait until the rights disappeared off E4 before they put the next season on. It's exactly the same situation by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. And that will be turning up in due course. There was one other little bit of news that came out about Doctor Who. In fact, there's two bits of news that came out about Doctor Who this week. The first bit was the 10th Doctor and Donna, or some version of them, are going to be returning in the anniversary special or the anniversary season, which is when uh, Shooty Gatwa takes over fully as the Doctor. It also coincides with the 60th anniversary as well. We don't know exactly what the structure is going to be, whether they're going to do an extended special and then a full series or whether it's part of the full series or what but David Tennant and Catherine Tate are both coming back in some capacity during that so we don't know I mean Russell's been a little tease about all of this because he's not giving anything away he's just basically saying they're coming back not going to tell you how because when we last left Doctor Ten and Donna he left with the instructions she'd die if she ever saw the Doctor again so hmm. how's that going to work But so we don't know it could be a flashback it could be something else entirely it could be I don't know I mean, they work in time travel, so maybe it's a missing bit that this new version of the Doctor bumped into Doctor 10 at some point. I I don't know. Mm. We'll have to wait and see. But yes, they're coming back, which I think is wonderful news because they were a great pairing on that show. Absolutely. Yeah, just look out for more uh, emojis being tweeted. It seems like that's happening a bunch of times now. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) That's the thing. Yes, because that's how they announced the new Doctor with two hearts and a blue box emoji, uh, Uh which is interesting. There was another... Another bit of casting that dropped today as well, Heartstopper's Yasmin Finney, who is one of the breakout stars of Heartstopper, which is the Netflix series. She has been cast as Rose in the upcoming series. Now, RTD, again, being very, very like teasy about it, saying life at Doctor Who gets brighter and wilder. How can there be another Rose? You'll find out in 2023. It's like, you little. So um, <laughs> there is a character called Rose. We don't know whether it is some version of the Rose we know, of course, which was played by Billy Piper, and whether it's some sort of multiverse thing going on, or whether it just happens to be another person that is called Rose, which is entirely possible. I mean, it's Doctor Who. It could be she's playing an actual sentient rose plant, for all we know. I mean, it could be anything. But yes, there is a character played by Yasmin Finney from Heartstopper who is going to be called Rose, that is going to be showing up in the new season. That's all we really know in terms of the casting. I've not watched any of Heartstopper yet. Yasmin Finney, I don't know as an actress either. She initially gained prominence as a star through her videos on TikTok about speaking about her experiences as a black transgender teenager. And then uh, she was originally cast in a show over in America and then the pandemic happened and she couldn't do it. But that meant that she ended up doing Heartstopper instead. And that has been a massive hit for Netflix. There's nothing but positive things I've heard about Heartstopper. So... uh, I haven't actually managed to go and watch it yet. I don't know whether you've caught it. I saw the first episode recently. Can't specifically remember like every single person, so I, c- I couldn't pinpoint which one she was. 
else or is, but that sounds pretty good and sounds like what they're lining, what they continue to line up for Doctor Who. We got a new one on the way. You got David Tennant coming back and all this kind of stuff happening and obviously changing the writers. So uh, it looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, Russell T. Davies playing the internet like a fiddle right now. <laughs> I mean, as I said, I think when we made the Shooty Gatma announcement, he'd also actually said, I planted a bunch of those rumours about people playing the Doctor as well. So he's been planting rumours about things. He's now making these kind of teasy little announcements saying this person's been cast in this particular role or these people are coming back without putting any real context around it, which I think is wonderful because it's getting people really excited for yeah, it. I mean, the amount, to do it. the amount of people that have you know said, oh, that's an interesting choice for the Doctor. And then they've said number 10 is coming back with Donna and that's really piqued people's interest. So he's doing it really well. He's managing it already. I mean, he's not even officially fully taken over. Well, he probably has actually behind the scenes, but Jodie's still got one more outing to go. Russell's really making his mark already on the return of the show. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. He's getting people excited about it again, which was the entire purpose of bringing Russell T. Davis back to it, which is awesome. That's all the news and stuff we've got for this week. We have got some highlights for next week on TV and we're starting to get into a lot of highlights at this point, Mm. but uh, here are the highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. We have a show called Spreadsheet, which is coming, which really odd name for a TV series, but it's coming to Channel 4 and poses the age-old question, can a woman really have it all? And if by all we mean sexual freedom, a career, a family and their sanity. This, I think, is actually an Australian show which has been picked up, but it's I think it's got a British lead. It's Catherine Parkinson from the IT crowd and Humans oh, is, uh, is right. the lead in it. But it's actually set and shot in Australia, which is slightly odd. But uh, hmm. Wednesday the 18th of May, that comes 10pm on Channel 4, that landing. Could be an interesting one to look out for. I've seen a few people that have been in Australia that have commented and said, because it's gone out over there and they said it's quite funny. That's called Spreadsheet. The reason it's called Spreadsheet is because her life is kind of a mess with all the things she's trying to do so she basically comes up with a spreadsheet to work out when she can kind of book her lovers in so she can have this sort of love life going while she's got everything else going on that's apparently the sort of where the spreadsheet stuff comes in but Mm. uh, yes that's called Spreadsheet Channel 4 18th of May 10pm for that over on Disney Plus there is a show called Life and Beth which is Amy Schumer in a comedy about a woman whose life changes forever when a sudden incident forces her to engage with her past that's a comedy Disney Plus on the 18th of May for that. Do you like Amy Schumer? Yeah, give or take a bit. She was quite funny when she did, uh, was it the Globe and Globes or the Emmys they did this year? She had some quite good lines in there, but sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, she's not quite my cup of tea either. Yeah, not always. I'm not sure I could stand a full season of her. Um, (laughs) Grownish returns for season four. That's on Disney Plus. That's on the 18th of May as well. American Dad, also on Disney Plus that returns for season 18 that's on the 18th of May Mr. Mayor as we now mentioned earlier now cancelled Mr. Mayor second season of that lands and final season lands on Sky Comedy on the 20th of May that's at 8pm Love Death and Robots returns for a third season that's on Netflix on the 
of them made. That's the animated anthology. I watched most of the first season of that, or all the first season of that. That was quite good. Forgot about the second season, but um, I, I need to go and have a look at that because that was quite a good show. My next guest needs no introduction, which is the David Letterman chat series. That returns for a fourth season on the 20th of May on Netflix. I'm very much looking forward to that. I can't remember who they said they've got on this time, but it, it was an interesting bunch of people. I think one of them was Will Smith, which will be an interesting interview given Ooh. recent events. Um, yeah. Yes, that's 20th of May. That lands on Netflix. I don't know whether this was recorded before or after the slapping incident, but we'll, we'll see, I'm sure, when it comes up. Night Sky, which is a new sci-fi drama with Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. That looks like it could be wonderfully interesting and kind of gentle, weird sci-fi, that looks like. But uh, 20th of May on Prime Video for that, and that's called Night Sky. Hunted returns for a sixth season. That's on the 22nd of May at 9pm. That's the one where a bunch of people try to hide off the grid from a bunch of people chasing them, the reality show. Silent Witness, that is back for its 25th anniversary season. That's on the 23rd of May at 9pm. Some old faces turning up in that, I seem to remember from reading the press release, as well as the current cast. And Law and Order Organised Crime returns for season two. That's on the 24th of May on Sky Witness. That's at 10pm. That is the spin-off from SVU, which returned last week. So that is everything coming over the next seven days. There is a lot more, a lot, lot more coming, particularly over the next month and over the next week. It's a ridiculous amount of things coming up. So yes, stuff to watch out for. If people want to find you in the meantime, where can they find you? You can find all my podcasts over on entertainmenttalk.org or your favourite podcast platform for TV, games, films, and May United podcasts. We did episode 300 on Sunday. Uh, it was me, you, and Robert doing our special episode. I talked about, um, for some reason, Godzilla and King Kong being in uh, the Call of Duty Warzone, which they're milling around, milling around doing nothing. So we talked a bit about that. We also did a, a quiz as well. I gave you and, you and Robert a quiz. Yes. That was uh, very, very fun to do. So that was really good and a bunch of other stuff we talked about as well may not have ever having an interesting kind of season I'll be doing some rebuilds and stuff hopefully in the summer so you can keep your eyes out for all of that done some film reviews and stuff uh, did a light year preview podcast of course i very much love toy story so uh that was a really really good episode to do so there's there's that one and just a whole bunch of other stuff really uh, tv games films may not podcasts if you want to find me on twitch streaming live sometimes you can find me over there at etalk uk and if you want to find those as well as some game clips which i put some more up on youtube today uh, you can find those over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays for all that fun content over there. That's me. Yep, so go and check Matt out over on entertainmenttalk.org. For other people involved in the show, you can find Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. Lots of stuff going on over there. Streaming pretty much daily. Uh, things like Tomb Failure, Retro Gaming, uh, sitting in boxes and just chatting to people. Lots and <laughs> lots of stuff going on over there. Always entertaining to go and watch, so go and check out Bex and Daryl you can find over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV series that you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye take care bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.